Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. So here we are in the bottom of the ninth inning. Two outs and running first base. Mark Knutson, the tall right-hander, trying to nail this one down. He has thrown a gem to this point. Eight and two-thirds innings, giving up just three hits and looking for his fourth complete game for the speed and perhaps to secure his 15th victory. He's got a 3-1 to one lead here in the bottom of the ninth, but at the plate is the guy who has two of those hits, Manny Randawa. A single to center and a double to right so far. Knutson into his windup. Here's the pitch, and he throws a fastball right by Randawa for strike one. Randawa a bit tardy on that swing. Now we're ready for the next pitch. The windup, and here it comes. There's a swing and a long one. Into the gap in right center field, way back towards the wall. It's off the wall. Bichette can't get there. He's chasing it down, and out of nowhere comes Ellis Burke. He'll get to the ball first. The run's going to score. Randawa is around second. He's digging for three. Here comes the throw from Burks. It's going to be close. Here's the slide. It's it's the park-adjusted Rockies podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mark Knudsen and Manny Randawa. For a handful of Colorado Rockies prospects, the offseason isn't here just yet. The Arizona Fall League is still going strong, and so are former first-round draft pick Michael Toglia and several other Rockies of the future. At least that's what Rockies fans are hoping for. Are Toglia and company going to be true impact players when they reach Coors Field? Or is the Rockies' farm system in as bad a shape as most observers think? Manny and I will ask MLB prospects expert Jim Callis these questions and more on this week's edition of the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. So stay with us. We'll be back with the first pitch right after this. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than DenverAutographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall. Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at DenverAutographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at USAPrimeColorado at gmail.com for more information. This is Manny Randawa's most least favorite time of the year. Is that fair? Most least favorite time of the year. Baseball season is coming to an end. At least yeah, on the, man. At least on the field, it's coming to well, an end. Well, hey, we might get another. We might get another day. You know, I mean, the way that it looked looked bad for the, the Astros with that grand slam that well, Duvall hit, but uh, you know. Well, who knows? Uh, all I know is that you'd watch a baseball game anywhere, anytime. If they'd send you to the Caribbean League, a Caribbean, you'd go to winter ball to cover winter <laughs> yeah. ball, right? Yes, sir. I know you, you, said, I know. You, you give me a, you give me an airline ticket, I'll be there. I, I know, I know. But anyway, we're gonna have to get used to the idea of talking about baseball when games aren't being played. But yep. uh, they are still being played in Arizona for at least another week. Uh, mm-hmm. The Arizona Fall League, uh, which didn't exist when I played, I wish it had because I think it would have been a lot of fun. Um, combination: t- there's six teams in the league. All, multiple organizations send guys to this league to participate. It, it's for pi- highly ranked prospects. It's a really cool deal. It's just not something because of the time of year we're watching. Playoff baseball, watch. some of us are watching football, not you, but some yeah, of us, exactly. and, and I know you're watching some NBA, but it kind of flies under the radar. So we wanted to talk about that today, and we wanted to do so with a guy who covers it like nobody else. And yeah. uh, just a second, you know, Jim Callis is going to join us here in a moment. Um, he covers the Arizona Fall League like nobody else, and he'll let us know how the Rockies, Rockies have four guys playing for the Salt River. What's Salt River's nickname? The Salt River? Uh, they're the... Uh... Salt River, I know, I know what it is, but I don't want to mess Come it on, up. Come on, man, you're supposed to know these things. 
rafters uh, i I, rafters, I, knew, right. I, I, I knew it was something like rafters oh, but if i had said the wrong name then that would have been embarrassing uh, so it's embarrassing to have to look but you know, I know. it is what it is but yeah. we'll uh, we're joined now by jim callis who uh, is kind enough to join us on the park adjusted rockies podcast jim thanks for being with us we appreciate it hey jim Hey guys, now I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here. Salt River Rafters. Yeah. You gotta remember Salt River Rafters. Are you in Arizona right now? No, I'm living in Arizona Fall League life, so it's easy for me. That's right. So, I, are you there right now? I am. I'm in the middle of a 14 day, 15 day trip. Yeah, 15 day trip to Arizona Fall League. So. Wow. Okay. So while everybody else is watching the World Series and the playoffs, you're watching the future of baseball. Hopefully, the future of the Colorado Rockies. Um, he's watching of, the he's always watching the future uh, of baseball, man. This uh, guy is the man. He's the man. This is right. MLB Pipelines. Jim Callis is uh, right. as good as they get. So thank That's you right. again for thank joining you. us, Jim. Oh, yeah, no, I'm glad to be here. And it's funny. It's like it's nice because we've had like, last night I was at Glendale. Days were running together a little bit. I had a, yeah. a doubleheader. Um, I went from Mesa to Glendale. Had a very long game in Mesa, so I raced over to Glendale. But I had the, uh, had the World Series feed on my computer while I was watching the game in front of me. So I kind of had one eye on both. He's, Manny wishes he had your life right now. He's, he's like, <laughs> the rest of us like yeah, watching football. Arizona. Stuff, Today's too. the first cold day in Colorado for it is, it is the season. Perfect. It's like 44 outside. So It is. So, Jim, tell us about um, your ob- observations of the Arizona Fall League. First of all, before we get into specifics with the Colorado Rockies, I want to know your impressions of the league in general. It's a place where, and Manny and I were talking before you came on, pretty much everybody who goes there ends up in the big leagues. Is that fair? Yeah, I think it's like 70% of the players. And I think there's been more than three, like we're in year 29, if I've counted correctly. Wow. There's like 3,000 players have played in the fall league, um, including some Hall of Famers uh, like Derek Jeter. Uh, I think Mike Piazza was in the league. I don't, I don't have my history right in front of me, but like, you know, numerous all-stars, MVPs. I think there's close to 40 major league managers who've managed in the fall league or coached wow. in the fall league. Like it's, I mean, it's baseball's finishing school is what they call it. And, and yeah, it, it's interesting. And I mean, you'll see every team sends about seven or eight players here. I think four pitchers, some teams, you know, send three position guys, other teams send four. Um, and even like, like one of the things I enjoy coming out here is you see guys like, so the starting pitchers will go three, four or five innings. Like, like, in, like in the innings. playoffs, just like in the yeah, playoffs. Exactly. And then you'll see. What are talking about? They don't go three. Time. They don't go three innings in the playoffs. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But, but I guess say so. You see, you see relievers, and a lot of times teams will kind of use the fall league a little bit to make decisions on who makes the forty-man roster, that type of thing. You have some mm-hmm. guys on the bubble, but it's it, it's amazing if you if you were to look at a game like if the guys I'm seeing now, like just you take a random game I'm seeing, you know, probably a typical game had they don't usually sub for the hitters. So you have eighteen hitters and probably like ten pitchers. That like probably 20 guys that I'm watching in a given game when all of a sudden done will have played in the big league. That's why I tell people <laughs> this is a hidden gem. My, my two yep. favorite baseball events are this in the college world series. And I always tell people, wow. if you love spring training, you would love the fall league more because it's none of the pitfall. Like you're not fighting traffic. You're not paying huge ticket prices, to go to spring training game. You can have the run of the ballpark. You can, I mean, you can literally show up five minutes before the game, buy a ticket and walk in and, and it's not if you like prospects, you don't have to go all, all over the place in Florida. Yeah. I mean, Florida is so spread out. It's like you, you, you never get to everything. So that's pretty great to, that it's in Arizona as well. Yeah, well, yeah, because the, the parks they use, I think the longest drive from one park to another, it's like 45 or 50 minutes. So in like most days, most days they play one or two games in the day and one or two at night. So you could actually catch two games in the day. Um, <laughs> it's the best. Right. If you like prospects, you know, and a lot of these guys will be in the big leagues next year. Even I can't, wow. I can't extol the, the fall league enough. 
Wow, and they've got another That's week. Awesome. Got another week before they're done. Do they have well, a no, plan? three weeks actually? Three week weeks before okay. I'm done. But then okay. there's Jonathan Mayo, my my one of my cohorts, will be out here for the final two weeks. So if anybody's wow. listening to this, you could still get out here to the fog instead of wow. going through withdrawal when the World Series ends. There Tonight, as we record this, or in a couple of days, you got you know three weeks of fall league left. So come on out. Okay, Manny, you can, you can wait till we're done with this before you start packing. Okay, just hold off back, back right. after we're done here. Uh, Jim, obviously, going to lead tonight, you know. But. I understand. Uh, uh, Jim, obviously, we want to talk about the Rockies. Um, not an organization with a highly ranked farm system right now. Not an organization that's churned out, you know, rookie of the year candidates on a regular basis. What you're seeing down there, what we're seeing down there, what we're hearing down right now is Michael Toglia, the first base, switching first baseman, former first round draft pick. Um, what are your impressions of what you've seen from Toglia and how far do you, away do you think he is? Yeah, I mean, he's looked good down here. You know, one thing you have to remember when you're looking at falling performance is by the nature of the league, the hitters are usually better than the pitchers. You know, you, you can always get extra bats for hitters. You're not worried about overloading your hitters, but you generally are not going to see top pitching prospects down here hmm. unless they had like a minor non-arm injury. Um, you know, because most of your top pitching prospects pitched the full season and got however many innings you wanted to get. Right. So in the league, it, it, I haven't looked, I don't, I haven't seen any numbers, but like there've been more, I've been to, I guess I've been to eight games my first week in six days. And it feels like most of them, at least one team scored in double digits. There's been a lot of offense down here. So I, I just, when people look at the numbers, don't get too caught up because the, the hitters are usually ahead of the pitchers even more so this year, but we get back to totally, he's been impressive. I mean, he's hit three home runs. I haven't seen, you know, it's funny. If we, like, I think I'll see more salt river next week. I haven't seen him hit a home run. I saw him play one game, but the, the, the things that you're, you're, you're happy about the biggest thing he needs to do is make more consistent contact and tighten his strike zone. Um, you know, I mean, as gifted as he is, I mean, he's a really good defender at first base. Um, he's, he's got good power. He's pretty athletic for first baseman. He's a career 233 hitter in pro ball right now. He hit 248 in his debut at the pandemic layoff. He came out and hit 228 this year with 142 strikeouts yeah. in 115 games. So he was a better hitter than that in college. You thought he'd hit better than that based on what you saw on him in, in, in college. Although he did really struggle in the Cape Cod League with wood bats. So I think as talented as he is, you want to see improve. He can hit good pitching with wood bats and make more contact. And he, he's done a better job of controlling the strike zone out here than he did and it did during the regular season. And just so we, uh, so everybody knows, Michael Toglia, we've just mentioned he's he's in he's in, uh, on the, on a roster, uh, number six um, number six Rockies prospect for MLB Pipeline. Also Ryan Belade, uh, Ezekiel Tovar, uh, Willie McIlver, Jake Bird, and those are the position players. And then Jake Bird, Matt Dennis, Jordan Sheffield. As many of you know, many of the listeners will know Jordan Sheffield. He was up at the big league club and uh, fared pretty well for most of the season in twenty one. And then Reagan Todd. Uh, those are the guys. Uh, I just want to throw that out there. Those are the guys that are in the a- AFL this year for the Rockies. So if sh- I can interject, please. Yeah, I, I think the guy who's going to blow up as like one of the Rockies' top prospects, well, I did not know a lot about because he's so young. Ezekiel Tovar, hmm. that guy is amazing. He, he turned 20 in September, had a really good season at age 19 this year. I saw the game, the first game I saw Salt River play, I saw him hit a three-run homer. I saw him steal base. I saw him make a really nice play from deep in the hole to throw a guy out of first base. Um, I mean, great, it was one game look, and I know enough not to get overexcited by one game look, but I had guys tell me that, that he's a pretty toolsy young shortstop, and that one game look cannot have been more impressive. And then last night, 
I don't know what happened to Salt River's shortstop. He didn't start last night. Tovard. The guys kind of have the, the playing time apportioned. It's not just this guy's the best prospect he plays. It's like, right. okay, we've got two shortstops. This guy's <clears> going to play these games. This other guy's going to play those games. But um, the shortstop for Salt River came out, and Tovar came in, and he got one at bat, and he and in the ninth inning, he, he pinned the center field. The center fielder had to make a leaping catch against the wall. So <laughs> I, I have I've only seen Ezekiel Tovar for, I guess, about four or five plate appearances and, and one game in the field. But I, I think that guy has a chance to be really, really good. And I, I don't think a lot of people know about him yet because he's so young. But if you told me like a year from now – he was like number two or three on their prospect list. Wow. It wouldn't shock me. He's he's pretty exciting. And the defensive part really stands out, like you said, right? I mean, this is a guy that is just – I mean, obviously shortstop is a premium position, but he's a guy that you you, you feel like could stick there. Yeah, because it's like – you know, that, that's the thing. I mean, there's a lot of guys, especially in the lower minors, you know, your team, you're trying to enhance their positional value. You're playing them at the most challenging position. But, like, they aren't necessarily going to stay there. I mean, you look at any big league team – and you'll see guys who played more challenging positions when they're coming up in the minors. But again, I just seen one game, but his actions when he went in the hole, the backhand the ball and then make just a cannon throw across the diamond. Like again, if you could be convinced on one play, a guy could play shortstop. No. That was the play. I mean, I saw like with the range, the like, arm, like all of you it. You don't make that play. If, if you, if you are a legit shortstop, you are making that play. As far as offensively, uh, I understand he's, he, he, he was a switch hitter, but he's going right-handed exclusively now. Um, is that a uh, – usually, you know, it's, it's interesting because usually the left side – I don't know why I want to say the left, left-handed left side is the best side for guys, but uh, oh, yeah, well, I see more right-handed pitching. Yeah, you know? I was going to say, I think the left side winds up being the better side for guys because you get more experience there. You're just yeah, getting more at-bats right. against right-handed pitching when you're in pro ball. And if you're fast – you're like a tenth of a second closer to first base, and that helps you beat out more hits. But yeah, I think I think that is correct. Um, but yeah, he he would be on my short list of guys who really opened my eyes this week. And um, you know, Ryan Vallade too. I, I've always been kind of a Ryan Vallade fan from when I did the draft. Like Jonathan May and I split the draft in half, and Vallade was in. You know, it's funny his dad was a coach in the Rangers system. Then he became a scout. And now he's left scouting to become a high school coach to coach Ryan's younger brother. So I can't remember if Ryan, I think Ryan was in Oklahoma when I first saw him because his dad was coaching in Oklahoma. And then he was in Texas when he was drafted. But I've always liked Ryan Vallade. Um, he's a guy who was signed as a shortstop, played third base. Now they've kind of moved him to the outfield. Seems like like the position they're kind of grooming him for. But I've gotten to see him out here too. Um, again, it's, it's weird. <laughs> I've only seen them play like one game. And he, he, you know, he's hitting, I don't think he's hit a home run out here yet, but he's hitting like 280. And, you know, he's kind of the game I saw reinforced. Well, I saw him as an amateur. I just think this guy's got a chance to hit for some power and average and, you know, great makeup guy. Like a lot of guys are who grew up around the game, um, you know, play, you know, just high baseball IQ, but he's been pretty impressive too. It, it's been a impressive contingent. I don't think I've seen Willie McIver catch. He's only had about 13 at bats. And again, I, I only, I only saw Salt River for two games. Um, and last night, a lot of their best players, and I think all the Rockies were actually resting. Hey, Jim, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Jordan or um, uh, Valade is, is is a doppelganger for uh, for Brendan Rogers. I just I can't tell the two guys apart. I don't understand why they go with the same beard and the same hair. Like it doesn't make any. There's this thing about baseball. I don't know if you guys noticed, but every team has 
somebody who's a doppelganger of somebody. It could be a coaching staff, it could be a manager, it could be, I just don't understand that. But anyway, he has to come out of uh, Brandon's shadow, but uh, I'm sure he, I'm sure he's fully capable of doing that. I- imitation so, is the sincerest form of flattery, as they say, right? That's the second time I've heard that this week. Yeah, okay. So, yes. hey, hey, Jim, <laughs> you mentioned, um, well, first of all, when I played, back when I played, uh, I hate when guys say that, we, we had the Instructional League rather than the Arizona Fall League. And you actually went there and you worked on stuff and the results were secondary to you actually working on some things they need, they want you to work on. Is that still the way they're doing this with the fall league? Are these guys, for instance, you mentioned plate discipline. I'm wondering if guys, because honestly, that's a problem for the Rockies at the big league level. They strike out too much. They don't, they don't make contact enough. They, their plate discipline is not very good. Is that something you can work on in this circumstance or is it we're going out there to win every game? Yeah, no, no. I mean, it, it's definitely a developmental league. I mean, look, I, I think you, you can testify this, Mark. If you're on the field, you're playing a game in a ballpark and they're keeping score. You're trying to win. Right. But most of these guys, I mean, they still, and they still do have instructional league too. Like it's weird trying to explain this. So two years ago in 2019, they switched up how they did the fall league for the first 27, 28 years. It started kind of first after the first week of October and ran until mid November. When it first started, it was longer and it ran past November, but they haven't done that. It's now six weeks scheduled in 2019. They switched it. Because teams were having teams were were not thrilled with you had this situation where the minor league season would end and then the fall league the Arizona fall league would start for a month and you had to keep your pitchers yep. like ready to go but they weren't really doing anything and then you would have guys go to instructionally this year because the minor league season started late because of the pandemic we're back on the October schedule and I think we'll go back to the September schedule late September schedule next year but what I was trying to say is that. This year, and for most years in the past, you'd have guys kind of tune up an instructional league before they came here. Uh, mm. When you have the September schedule, you can't really do that. But it, it definitely is a developmental league. Most of these guys are down here, even guys who miss time with injury and they need more at-bats and innings, are down here working on things. Now, the difference is, you know, you mentioned instructional league. Like that, I mean, in instructional league, you still can, if, for instance, you're trying to teach some speedy guy how to bunt, he can lay down a bun, they can throw him out at first, and they can say, dude, go up and do it again. <laughs> like, it's not like a right. totally real game. You know, you right. could roll innings. Right. You could, you know, do various things, you know, that you, you can't do in a real game. So you're in a game situation. But the way it's set up, like I said, they're not managing. You don't have two managers who are, like, you know, using openers and <laughs> matching up lefty-righty and pulling guys to pinch hit. Like, generally, like I said, the position players, I think the managers all probably have a spreadsheet that's like, okay. And the teams draft position. The teams select priority positions. So if I'm the Rockies, I might say, okay, we want the third baseman on Salt River. So our third baseman is going to play four or five times a week. So it's it's all it, – it's still developmental-based. Guys know when they're going to pitch. Even the relievers, it's like, okay, Mark, if you were out here, they generally make three innings the first start. You might be pitching five innings by the end. You know, it's like a six-man rotation. Usually you pitch once a week. Okay, you know, Knudsen's going to go four innings, and then we're going to bring in Manny. He's going to go an inning, and then Jim's going to go an inning, and then three more guys will go an inning, or some guy might go two. But it's all laid out. It's not situational right. like, hey, we've got a one-run lead, and Manny's struggling on the mound. we got to hook him. It's like, no, Manny's going to stay out there for the whole inning I'm until he gets it. out of it. I'm going to Chanho Park it back and, when uh, – What's his name? Uh, hit two home runs in a grand, uh, in a, uh, two exactly. grand the same senior. Jim, do not say bunt around Manny. It's a dirty, it's a dirty word to no, the. Don't do that. Guys. They don't like that word. Uh, anyway, um, are we going to see 
are, are, we're seeing kind of, I don't know, maybe there's a little resurgence I'm hearing, but old time scouts, the old time guy with the notebook, uh, he's kind of a dinosaur now um, with analytics. But are, we, are there a lot of scouts there? Are there guys who are using their eyeballs to evaluate talent there and not just numbers? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I, I think it gets a little overblown because I do think most of the scouts, while they're definitely guys who trust their eyes and their instincts and what they've seen for 20 years, most of the guys I know like that, they look at the data too. Like, sure. now I'm not saying that that, that guy's going to be like, oh, this guy's got an average exit velo of right. 102, so I got to take him even though he's, you know, doing that. I mean, or, hey, with the spin rate, but those guys are all fluent in that language. I mean, I think – it's like any industry. If you don't adapt to the latest trends, you're going to get passed by. But yeah, there, there are a ton of scouts here. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I mentioned guys being protected on the 40 man roster. There are guys who are here who aren't going to make it on the 40 man roster and they're going to get picked in the little five draft. But like, mm. you know, I'd say you, you see a ton of scouts. I think you're going to see, you'll see general managers come down. You'll see, you know, a lot of people. Like, I don't know where the GM meetings are this year. A lot of times they're here in Arizona and you'll get guys double up, you know, they'll come out to a game at night and then be at the GM meetings during the day. So you'll see there's a lot of valuation. In fact, um, I think the Rockies were having meetings. I ran into Bill Schmidt in the uh, lobby of my hotel a couple of days ago and we talked for a little bit. So, you know, that, Any, anything, to, anything to enlighten us with yeah. <laughs> what's that? Anything to enlighten us with? <laughs> no, we weren't. Uh, I, we were talking about Tovar. I, I just seen okay. Tovar the night before. So I was raving about Tovar. We were talking about him. He was he was uh, heading out the door when I ran into him. But uh, but yeah, I, I have no I have no Rocky scoops. Uh, okay, uh, but, you, but nobody's you know seen, no, nobody, scoops. nobody ever has. Rocky he told scoops. me. He no, told me Trevor. They're not going to announce a few. So Trevor Story, six years, hundred eighty million, re-signing with the Rockies. Manny, I'm joking. Manny does not believe that for one second. <laughs> he gave no. He, he we we didn't talk about anything like that. So no 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 scoops. My my, well, my scoop you, is he agreed said, with me to. He agreed with me that Ezekiel Tovar is very, very good. Now, if you had said that 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 uh, that we talked to, that he said that they've talked to Trevor and he's going to take the QO, <laughs> then we believe you, maybe. Ah, <laughs> oh, see, I should have I should have thought that through a little bit more. <laughs> well, you yes. might that, that's a little bit more realistic, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody would have believed that. I don't think anybody thinks that Trevor's long for no for Denver right but, now. But uh, Jim, talk about the Rockies farm system in general. We met, we noted at the outset that it's not really highly rated right now. Is it getting better? Are, is there hope for for a pipeline of prospects to start coming up and helping this team? It is. I mean, the thing is with farm systems is they're very cyclical. It's very hard to have. I mean, the only team I know of that, like when I was back with Baseball America, that ranked highly year after year after year after year was the Braves, who not coincidentally won, what was it, like 14 straight division titles. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard because usually when you win, then you're, you're picking lower in the draft. You have less draft money. You're trading prospects for veterans rather than the other way around and a few years ago the rockies um had you know one of the better farm systems and you look at all the guys that graduate to big leagues i mean not to pile on but i mean really the the problem during the jeff bridage years was they just threw away hundreds of millions of dollars on free agents who were productive they had all these homegrown yeah. players who were under control and I mean, I hate to be cruel, but I mean, I'm not the only one who's noticed this. If you if you go look at wins above replacement, yes. they could have actually lit the money on fire, yes. however, hundreds of millions of dollars, <laughs> exactly right. and the team would have come before, out yeah. better. Right. It was right. insane. No, but so anyway, I, I think they're, they're more in a replenishing phase. I mean, they have talented guys. They just don't have that many guys who are 
knocking on the door. Most of their better players are a couple years away. I mean, you know, our top two prospects we have ranked in the system are their last two first rounders, Zach Veen and Benny Montgomery, who are very talented high school outfielders, but they're high school players. You know, they're 19 years old still. So they're, they're a few years away. I mean, you know, Tolia, I think, and is a couple of years away. Drew Romo was part of that draft. Um, you know, they, 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 I think they've draft, they continue to draft well. Um, you know, I, I, I've raved about Tovar. He's a couple of years away. I mean, I do think in terms of immediate help, you know, I, you know, Valade was up, I think a little bit at the end of this year. Um, you know, we'll see more of him next year. And I, I think you'll see Ryan Rollison, who is their best pitching prospect. I, I think that's the area where they, they need to develop much more pitching. Um, and then, you know, Montero, Al Harris, Montero, who they got in the, in the Gorman trade. I mean, the Gorman trade in the, uh, in my head. I was going to ask you about Al Harris. Yeah, he's been in Cardinals third baseman. I'm thinking Nolan Gorman instead of <laughs> right. Nolan Arenado. In the, in the Arenado trade, had a nice bounce back year. And, and you'll probably see him at some point next year. But, but so it's, it's, you know, those rankings, I always tell people those rankings are the hardest thing anybody does. Because, I mean, look, even pro teams can't tell you <laughs> with a great degree, with a super degree of accuracy, there's 200 something players in 30 different systems at all different yeah. levels of development, how good, you know, this, this one's number 12 and this one's number 13. But I know from doing those rankings for so long, a lot of it's based on, you know, depth does matter, but a lot of it's based on who do you have in the top 100? And they have, I think two guys, I think just those two outfielders I mentioned roles. No roles. I think is on the bottom. They have three and how many guys do you have are close to the big leagues. And they don't have a lot of their best guys close to the big leagues. Um, but I do, I do think they've, they've drafted well the last couple of years. And like I said, Tovar, I mean, you know, our rankings were done very early in the season. I don't know where Tovar is on our list. I think he's, he's in the twenties. He's, he's 11 um, actually now. So I'm looking for him on here. Where is Tovar on here? Uh, he's 11. Like, I'm sorry. He's yeah. 11. I guess we updated yeah. the season, but like he's, I, he's better than number 11. He's pretty good. And, and I'm not critical of Jonathan Mayo because I once had Trevor story number 11 on a Rockies list back when we had him as one of the top systems. And I remember going to MLB Network and Greg Amsinger was like, how can this guy be number 11? I'm like, this is during spring training. I'm like, well, they have a really good farm system. And then Trevor came out and was hitting like three home runs a game, like his first yeah. big league. Yeah. That's the thing is like I, I um, and my 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 um, one regret today was not to get Mayo on here, too. I think next time we have you guys, we're going to have you guys together because that's always good. That would be fun because we then, can do that. You know, sure. you the answer back and forth would be a lot of fun because you guys are great together, of course. But. Um, I, I think this is a, a good a good place to kind of crystallize something that people have been trying to figure out the Rockies organizational philosophy, I guess, for lack of a better term for a lot, you know, for a while now. And I think what you just said, uh, Jim, is is important. It's basically what seems to have happened is, you know, they had all these guys graduate Freeland story, all these guys that came up kind of at the same time, and they were very good. And they basically had this young starting rotation, they still have a, a good young starting rotation. They had a great left side of the infield, they had DJ LeMahieu at second base, and they couldn't, they couldn't make that work. And that that's kind of a, an indictment in, in, in terms of how is it that you have this young starting pitching, this great infield, and couldn't make it work. And what you're, and it seems like what you're saying is they they draft and develop well. It's not that they don't draft and develop well; it's that they graduated these guys. Then there was kind of this lull, and then the the, the guys that are that they've drafted uh, more recently are still yet, you know, they're down down in the uh, they're they're either in rookie ball or low A or or double A, and and so it's going to take time for that kind of backfill to happen. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I think they've they've done. A really good job. I mean, you know, I mean, personally, I was very happy to see Bill Schmidt get a chance to become GM because 
you don't see a lot of guys with his background become GMs. And Bill, yeah. Bill's track record as an evaluator, as a scouting director, is really, really good. I think he was pretty sure he was the dean of the scouting directors before they made him GM. Um, and, I mean, I, I'm sure you guys know Bill. Bill just gets the job done. He's, I mean, he's, I've known Bill for a while. He's always very helpful. I need to talk to him. He's not going to give me the most colorful quote in the world. Or, or as I like to joke with him, he won't. Some guys will tell me or, or give me a pretty good idea who they're taking in the first round. Bill won't do that. Like, uh, he, he, won't, he won't let any secrets out. But um, Bill never called attention to himself. He just worked. And, and I think you look for years. They did um, – this World Series game's crazy while we're uh, yes. recording this, by the way. Um, somebody just hit a home run for the Braves to take the lead. Frederick. Freddie Freeman after – I was not watching. I don't know how the Astros tied it up. It was four two when we started talking. It was a, it was an RBI ground a ground out yeah ground out for the tying run. And I think uh, I, I think there was a I think Correa doubled or something. Okay, well, so you're doing a better job of multitasking than I am. But anyway, I was going <laughs> to say I was happy to see Bill get the job um, because I, I just think like especially if you're thinking of scouting directors who become GMs, there there's some guys who put themselves out there a little bit more, and that's never been Bill. Bill's just like, hey, let me do my job, and I'll do it as well as I can, and I think he does it really well and i think he evaluates talent very well um I, you know he's been around forever i'm not trying to call bill old but like i think he knows talent at the big league level too um you know again i don't mean to pile on jeff bridage but it's, it's like crazy when you look at how many young players they had who were cost controlled you know mm-hmm. for you know and they they just couldn't they couldn't add to them they, they signed ian desmond and all these relievers and daniel murphy and it just all blew up like if they just had any production from their free agents they'd be a lot more successful team and, and they wouldn't be probably in a situation where you had to trade Arenado. And I mean, it, it, I mean yep. you guys know, you guys know, it better. Yep. but anyway, I, I just think, but yeah, I, you know, they, they have talent, but it's going to be a couple of years before a lot of their better players are ready. Um, and they're going to have to rebuild. I mean, the, the unfortunate thing for the Rockies right now is that division. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you have the Dodgers who, who it's crazy. I mean, people look like, I think some people like the Dodgers like, Oh man, they, they didn't win. And you know, what's going to The Dodgers won 106 oh, games this they're year. Loaded. Yeah, and then they won 106 games. I still want somebody to show. I'd love to see the stat on this. They won 106 games. There were 501 run games. So it wasn't like they won 106 games. And then I mean, the giants were like, I think 20 something games over 501 run games. Right. The Dodgers just, you know, the last three years, the, the franchise record for win twice. And the fran- and set a franchise record for winning percentage last year in the short season. But you have them, you have the Giants who won 107 games this year and have a really good up and coming farm system that's just, I think, going to make them better. And more um, money. You have I the think Padres who had a disappointing year, but yeah. they're pretty loaded uh, at the big league level. And, you know, even the Dimebacks have a pretty good farm system too. So it's, it's going to be a tough division. It, um, it's important too that you said that, that about Bill Schmidt that he is a he's a good he, he's he's a good hire in your in your uh, estimation because not, I think a lot of people around here look at it as they they're more insular, the same they're more, the, more same. the same this is just you know this is just staying staying kind of uh, in their little cocoon but you know I'll, you know in you know in a in a vacuum Bill Schmidt isn't necessarily a bad uh, pick do you see do you have any inkling you've known him for a long time and and he has the scouting director background do you have any inkling of what that means in terms of how he's going to uh, fill that next couple of years uh, between now and when we start seeing these younger guys? No, I mean, I mean, I think he's, I mean, I would certainly think as a scanner, he's committed to building from within, which, which I think everybody is because the most efficient way to build a team. And I think a lot of it comes down to how much money do you get in your budget to go out and do stuff at the big league level? You know, I don't know how much payroll flexibility they have, but like, I think they're going to be committed to, 
developing from within. I mean, they're not going to be teams that can go out and sign a bunch of, you know, nine figure free agents. Um, Like I said, I think he's, I think what Bill really brings to the table is one, I think he's a really good evaluator, which to me, I just think it's very important in the GM's role. You got to be able to evaluate talent, whether it's, you know, guys on your team, free agents you're trying to sign, trades you're trying to make. Like I'd feel good knowing that the guy's making that final decision. We're trying to decide if we're making a trade or, or what we're doing has evaluated players for a living. Like, so I, I like that. And I think also Bill, again, he's, he's kind of a no nonsense guy who's been around forever. I just think Bill knows what it takes to get the job done and he'll surround himself with the right people. And again, if I'm a Rockies fan, I'd be happy about Bill Schmidt because the Bill Schmidt, I know <laughs> he's just going to grind it out and do the best job he can. He doesn't care if, look, I mean, we all know there's GMs who like to have the splashy quote or like to have the cameras on them. Yeah, well, the cameras on the other guy, mm-hmm. Bill's going to be working to make the team better. So um, right. yeah, I, I get, you know, they tend to hire from within and, and look, the Jeff Breidich era did not go well. Um, but, you know, I think Bill knows what he's doing. And I think Bill's also smart enough to know what he does, you know, like w- where he needs help and he'll, he'll get guys to help him. Um, I, you know, like I said, I just, it was kind of hard. I mean, look, I'm a, a draft and development guy at heart. I, you know, that's what I cover. I, I love those guys, but like, you just don't see many guys like that get the opportunity. So I, I was happy to see him get the opportunity. Hey, Jim, before we let you go, one more quick question. Who's going to win the National League Rookie of the Year in 2022? Hmm. It's coming off the top of my head. I got to yep. think here. Yep. Who's, uh... We're putting you on the spot and we are recording this. And that's fine. I'm, I'm going to cheat since uh, I'm going to look at my you, top 100 list. You may be, you may cheat. Um, it's funny. A lot of the best National League prospects on here aren't going to be ready next year. I'm going to come up with a name. Hold on. Okay. I'll come up with one. How about. Hmm. Wow. It's like, it's weird. Most of the best guys who are up next year are actually American leaguers. You know what? I, I'm going to go. <laughs> I wouldn't go place money on place money on this, but I'm going to go with Nolan Gorman, who uh-huh. I, I confused Nolan Arenado with briefly earlier. Um, Where's he going to play? With the car, he's actually out here. He's he's hurt, so he hasn't played. He got hurt before I got out here. With leg injury, nothing long term. But um, I, I think he probably wants to play in the, in the outfield corner. Um, maybe Nolan Gorman pops 25 uh-huh. homers and wins the Rookie of the Year. I would. Uh-huh. I wish I had a better answer. Like American, that's a good League, answer. That's a good answer. American League. I'm, I'd be sitting here going Adley Rutschman, Bobby Witt. <laughs> Spencer Torkelson, there's all kinds of guys. But the National League, most of their best prospects are are younger. Well, Nolan, Nolan times two would be a good marketing That's campaign right. in St. There Louis. You go. So. There you go. There you go. Hey, Jim, we really appreciate your time. We will have you on again. I like Manny's idea of having uh, you and uh, Jonathan, yeah, that would be Jonathan on as well. That would be a lot of fun. Hey, Thanks we appreciate it. Enjoy appreciate the rest it. of the World Series. Enjoy your rest of the time in Arizona. And, uh, you know, spring training's not that far away, right? I know. Well, I mean, and the thing is, is what's great for me for this trip is it's the first live games I've seen since the pandemic. I, I went to the draft oh, yeah. combine. I saw two, two games where it was more a showcase type stuff, but like I didn't go to spring train this year. We, I didn't travel. I could do what I did from home. And I, I never made it out there as I had gone to Florida for a couple of days before the pandemic hit in 2020. Oh, yep. So um, it's great to see a bunch of prospects on the same field playing again. I mean, like I was saying, I, I'm going to sound like a, a shill for the fall league. Maybe I am, but like okay. World Series is almost over by the time people hear this. Come out to the fall league and, and you, you can stave off your baseball withdrawal for a couple more weeks. Manny is on his way. Yeah, you, him, think I jo- him you think I'm joking. You no, think make I'm joking. Him res- make him a reservation. Have you never been, Manny, to the fall league? To the fall league? No, I haven't been to the fall league. Ah, have you ever been to the College World Series? Uh, no. Omaha, Gotta no, go to both of those. Gotta go to both of those. Gotta go to both of those. 
Nick, I, I absolutely. It's on. It's definitely on my list. By the time this airs, he will be already be in Arizona. <laughs> hey, Jim. Yeah, he'll be greeting him here uh, right. in the hotel in, lobby. Uh, That's right. I, I'm staying right down the, the the street from Salt River Field. So uh, there you go. Uh, All right, Manny. I, I'll, I'll see Manny any day now. You have your targets. <laughs> thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. Take care. Yeah, thanks, thanks guys. I really appreciate your time. There oh, yeah, no problem. Jim Callis. Nobody knows the Arizona Fall League better than he does. So we appreciate his time. Hey, we will be back with the closer. Right after this, stay with us. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than denverautographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall. Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at denverautographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at Colorado at gmail.com for more information. There comes a time, I think, if you're a Rockies fan um, where, or you're a fan of any team where you're going to have to start transitioning from all the stuff that went on and all the drama and all the, the, the frustration maybe with Nolan Arnato leaving and all that kind of stuff. And moving on to a new kind of phase of, okay, well, what's next? And, uh, you know, we heard that uh, Bill Schmidt from a guy who has known Bill Schmidt for a long time and who is uh, as good as they come when it comes to uh, draft coverage and to prospect coverage, that Bill Schmidt has a real eye for evaluation. The Rockies have been a team that has have been notorious for not evaluating their current major league roster well. And so you just hope that if you're a Rockies fan, that Bill Schmidt changes that. And that uh, what happens now going forward is uh, is that uh, a new direction for this franchise. We're going to learn a lot here as the World Series comes to an end uh, in terms of where the Rockies are going this offseason. This offseason is going to be very telling for this club going forward. And But I think uh, at some point, if you're a Rockies fan, you have to kind of turn the page from what happened before. And this might be just the time to do that. All right, Manny. Thanks very much. Rejoin us next week for the next Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. I'm Mark Knutson. Manny Randall. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.